Good. Everybody love the Lord. Say amen. Before we jump in, and they really hit on what our topic is tonight. As you saw, there was a beginning. Uh, if there wasn't a beginning, we're all in trouble. But there was a beginning. But even before I get into that, just last week, let me just... Last week, we talked about good and evil and how, how the world looks at good and evil. And if there was no God, there would really be no evil, correct? You, they talked a little bit about laws and the lawgiver. If there's no, if there's no moral code... Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, someone has established uh, outside of our time and space, then there's no good and evil. And so they, we addressed that a little bit last week. And you know what? Uh, this past week, the, the essence of evil, if you will, has made itself manifest again in our midst, uh, you know, with, uh, with the martyrdom, if you will, of how, 21 Christians... Uh, by the way, our, our the White House won't call them Christians. They don't want to. Uh, I don't. I can't answer for them. It's just it's just bizarre to me. I'm not trying to be political here, but they refuse to call them Christians, uh, which they were martyred because they were Christians. Uh, and uh, very. And then was it uh, yesterday or day before? Forty something Iraqis were burned alive. Uh, I mean, this evil is abounding everywhere. And uh, the reality is, God has placed us here as light in the middle of darkness. We'll, we'll read a scripture about that as we close out tonight. But uh, I want us to pause and just realize that, in fact, if you remember last week, if you were here last week, evidence is, uh, evil is not the absence of God. It's the evidence that God and the, and the moral law exists. Uh, and, and evil in the world is not the absence of God. It's the absence of God in humanity. Because when, when, when the Lord comes into people's life and when people begin to give their lives to Christ, He begins to give us the power and the understanding of right and wrong and the capacity to say no to sin and no to evil and an understanding of... How many of you know God created humanity with an understanding of right and wrong? Am I right? It's an inner moral code that just like, just like uh, uh, the, the laws of the universe, there's laws of, uh, written within the hearts of men about what is right and what is wrong. And so we live in an evil world, but the Bible says we can overcome what? Evil with good. And, for, and before we begin tonight, I just want us to pray uh, that God would, would bring about his word and will in the earth, especially when it comes to this evil influence of terror uh, that, is, that is inflicting the body of Christ and really the whole world. Can we do that tonight? Let's just pray that God would uh, arrest evil in the world and begin to let the light of God. Father, tonight as we begin this time together, I just pray, Lord, number one, I pray that you would comfort the families of these that have lost their lives because of evil. And I pray, Lord Jesus, you would just comfort their, 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 their children, their wives, their brothers, their sisters, Lord. And, and Lord, I pray, God, you would arrest evil in the earth. And I bind the spirit, Lord God, that is behind this evil uh, 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 atrocity against humanity. And we just pray, God, you would somehow, someway... Let your light shine and let evil be defeated in our world. And let righteousness rule and reign 
in the earth. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, you've got your handouts. You can fill it out if you want. I'm just going to walk through some simple thoughts. Very simple tonight. But, but before I begin, let me just say again, uh, hey, get on Amazon.com. Get this book and begin to read. Hey, it's, uh, Amber's read it. Uh, she's probably with Amber. You still here? She read it. She's a fast reader. I'm a slow reader. In fact, I had to read this. This chapter we're going to go through like four times. I'm just, I'm a slow comprehension guy. And when he starts saying some words I don't understand, I have to really work at it. And, and this is not an easy read. Some places it is. Uh, there's story here and there's testimony here. But when he, he has to dig into some of this, this lunacy of the belief system of, of the atheist to kind of help you understand them. And I, so get the book, okay? Now, as we get through this, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, um, Kobe's going to share, and then I think uh, you're next up. Is that right, Josh? No, I'm back, and then you're back, or something like that. There is a chapter, uh, chapter 8, we'll just touch a little bit on, about the validity of Scripture that is just awesome. Uh, it's called, uh, let me just see, uh, let me get to it. The witness of Scripture. Just great stuff about the... It, it's kind of the light version, if you will, Kobe, of what Kobe shared. Didn't you share, uh, uh, you know, about all the... I mean, it's just great stuff. So uh, about the, the witness of Scripture and how the very Bible declares. Not just because what we read, but it's history and, it, and the archaeology, and you go into all these things about the validity of Scripture, uh, it just testifies to the existence of God. So, God, everybody say, God's not dead? He's not even sick. He's not even sick. He's really not. We're going to talk about the fact that there was a beginning. Now, as you heard uh, uh, Dr. Lennox and, and, and I don't know if Rice is a doctor. He should be. He probably is. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Rice is the coolest guy. Uh, he's a smarty, I'm telling you. Uh, but he'll ne he doesn't carry that air, as you can tell. He's just a great guy. As they were discussing uh, uh, what has recently, uh, didn't he say in the 1960s? Did he just say there's been, there was a, almost a, a dramatic shift because of uh, uh, some uh, study? And this is where they lost me. Oh, it, about how they came up with the reality of the what's called the Big Bang Theory. Everybody go to the Big Bang. In fact, the Big Bang was a term, it was kind of a sarcastic term used, a derogatory term in the beginning uh, to discredit the notion that there was a beginning. And as, as, they heard, as you heard just a little bit ago, up until that time, Aristotle, the world always was. And because the world always was, there was no need for a creator, right? But recent science and study began to cause even the atheists to realize there was a beginning. And that's where the reality of, of the, and the evidence of Christ, of Christ and God really begins. And it, hey, what does the Bible begin with? What's Genesis 1-1 say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The universe was begun by God. Amen? Everybody say amen. And it makes all the sense in the world, especially when you begin to, uh, begin to uh, realize how, how logical it seems and how illogical the argument of the atheist is when it comes to uh, to God and eternity and the creation of the 
uh, of the world. Uh, and so even the scientists began to think, began to realize because they all came to the realization there was a beginning. It hasn't always been. There was a beginning. And, and many of the scientists and atheists and, and naturalists uh, and all these, you know, uh, uh, people with the, the, the study of the universe that did not believe in God, they had to open the door. In fact, uh, Fred Hoyle uh, said this, the notion of a beginning is tantamount to allowing a divine foot in the door. And you heard them say they're all nervous about the beginning because it opens the door for the, for the creator or for a creation. And so they came up with uh, some rather bizarre, we'll talk briefly about them, reasons for that, that the world could, could begin without God. And uh, we'll, we'll show you some of those. But, uh, hey, the universe was begun by God. And we find that the scripture is correct. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the atheists would say, in the beginning... The heavens and the earth were created. They put God, they take God out of the equation. They come up with some reasons, some capacity to do that. Now, uh, here's what you need to understand. There, and, and this is where uh, we're going to kind of help you tonight. Uh, that when you realize there was a beginning, and you have a couple of things in your in your pouch, if you will, in your toolbox to validate that beyond just what the Bible says, because science has begun to validate the, the beginning. And when you look at the, when you look at the science and, and you look at the earth, you'll begin to realize, man, there's no other way than God created the heavens and the earth. And so here's what we need to understand. Belief in God is logical and rational. We're going to show you a little bit about that. And I would encourage you to just kind of ponder this thought. It's logical. You know what? What does the atheist say? It's just not logical to believe in God. But when you began to put the, the, the atheists and the skeptics, uh, uh, as you saw, uh, Dr. Lennox talk about it, it's just, they're just, when you put their reasonings, uh, up to a microscope, it just doesn't make sense. In other words, God created something from nothing, but nothing is not really nothing. There was something. In fact, they say, they'll say that the world, the world just popped into existence because, you heard them say, because of the law of gravity. But they don't tell you where the law of gravity came from. It just was always here. There was something. And so if there's something, there has to be someone who created something. You can't create something. In fact, the only person who can create something out of nothing is, is God. Okay? So it becomes very logical. Uh, uh, and once you begin to look at it, and Beverly and I were driving today, and I, as I was reading some of this stuff to her, I just thought, I just don't understand. But here's what you, I don't understand how they could believe in something came out of nothing uh, once they really began to study. But here's the reality. How many of you know the Bible says their, their minds are darkened to the truth? Have you ever met anybody who you just gave them all the evidence about something, but they just go, well, no, I just don't believe that. I believe this. It's because they're, my, they're, they're just, no, that's the way Stephen Hawking is. In fact, I, I read recently Stephen Hawking used to be a Christian. Uh, I didn't realize, I didn't know that. Uh, but uh, he came to a place where he began to study it, and he just somehow, some way, uh, he began to question God and question the reality of God, and, and it consumed him. 
So, uh, and it, it's very logical and it's very rational to believe in a creator and the creation of the world. Everybody say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen? He really did. So, here's a simple logical progression. You can find it in page 70. And it is this, premise one, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Now, the atheist says there is no cause. They just existed. In fact, the, then they'll say, well, there was a cause. It was the law of gravity, but we don't know where that came from. Uh, but premise one, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Now, up until the early 60s, they didn't have to say, hey, it always was. But now they've come full face to the reality that the earth at some point, somewhere in the back. In fact, here's what Rice, he doesn't debate the, the, the timing of it all. He stays away from that. Is the earth 6,000 years old or 6 million years old or however long? It, he doesn't debate that. He, do, he suggests staying away from that. He suggests, hey, let's just, let's just come to the place where we, can, where we can say, you know, there was a creator. And if there was a creator, uh, uh, then, then we have to address that issue. If there was a beginning and there was a beginning, everything that begins to exist has a cause. That means something caused it to exist. How many of you like coffee in the morning? Does it just exist for you? Did it just pop? It would be nice if you just got it. Boom, there it was. It would be nice. But there was a cause. There was a, someone who put it together and prepared. And that was either you or your lovely bride or your friend or whatever. So premise number one, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Premise number two, the universe began to exist. They've come to realize that. So the conclusion is the universe has a cause or a creator, if you will. There is a reason the universe came into being. And so we're going to kind of begin to address some thoughts along that. The cause, of course, we know is God. And it has to be beyond, if you will. It has to be timeless and uncaused and, and, and spaceless. It, you know, God, how many of you know God always was? But the earth, always, the universe not all, was not always. God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. And so, uh, number two, the universe began with human life in mind. Now, this is really cool. Here's one of the most startling pieces of evidence concerning God as the creator. And, and they call it the fine-tuning of the universe. Now, I've known a, lot, a little about this for a long time, but not much. But uh, in fact, when you read God's Not Dead, uh, you'll, they'll explain some of these things to you. But let me give it to you in a very Ill, uh, just a simple illustration. The universe was fine-tuned from the very beginning. Uh, have you ever heard any of these thoughts? I, now, I don't know if this one is true. I used to hear this, that if the earth was, you know, <coughs> just a little bit closer to the sun, then uh, everything would go out of whack and it would burn up and it would. And so here's what scientists have learned, even atheists, that the world is so fine, the universe is so fine-tuned. That if any or one, and he, he talks about things that I didn't understand in here, giving illustrations and explanations, if things were one, one point, of, you know, one hundredth of one percent this way or that way, life would cease to exist. And so 
Here's what everyone has realized, even the atheists, that the odds of all these things coming together to create life as we know it, okay, are just almost uh, into infinity and beyond, as they say in Toy Story. (laughs) That's the depth of my understanding. So it's the fine-tuning of the universe, how everything is so fine-tuned. It's kind of like that soundboard back there. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a slide that goes from 1 to 10, I don't know. And here's the illustration. Let's just put, let's put the universe out there and the fact that there's, there's, a, there's 50 slides, okay? And they don't go from 1 to 10. They go from 1 to a million. And there's one slot on these 50 slides where it has to be in all 50 slides have to be just in the right spot from one to a million in order for life to exist. It has to be perfectly tuned. And that's the reality of the universe we live in. It has to be perfectly tuned in order for life to exist. Now, the atheist just says, well, in fact, uh, here's what they say. Because the math, if there's one universe... The, the math doesn't add up. It's just impossible that that could just have happened. Boom, big bang. And it all was finely tuned. Okay? So that here's what the atheist says. Here's what Stephen Hawking says. Well, there's not one universe. There's infinite number of universes. And we just happen to have hit the lotto. Now, there's no proof of that. How many of you know there's no proof of another universe? It's just they make it up in their mind to make the numbers match. Because if there's one universe and all these things got finely tuned, it's just impossible for that to have happened. It's, it's the same as, as winning the lottery a million times in a row and saying, well, man, that was great luck. And so when you look at the universe... And you look at all these things which, hey, he, they explained a few of them, things which I don't understand. How finely tuned it is, you come to the realization that there had to be a creator. Now, the atheists will say there's just multitudinal universes, and therefore, we just hit the lotto. We just, it just all, it all added up. You know, to win the Powerball, I think it was one in 175 million. Somebody, two or three people won it. Uh, I have to tell you, when it gets up to 175 million, I buy a ticket just for kicks because I say, somebody's going to win it. Oh, pastor plays a lot of. Not really. I do every once in a while. Uh, but hey, the odds are in. But how many of you know the, the, the odds that this earth all came together and everything, you know, finely tuned to the, to the hundredth power? It reveals the necessity of a creator and so we embrace that it's the fine tune from the very beginning the uh, the odds are just out of sight that it would all be finely tuned that's exactly what the atheists believe that there is in fact an infinite number of universes but if you're truly dealing in science and not science fiction this is the only universe we observe and there is ev- that there is any evidence for the no- the second uh, uh, insight to the to the to the pointing to the creation of the world being by God is what is called the anthropic principle. I learned this. Anybody know what? Some of you medical people may know what anthropic means. It's a what? Anything about? Anybody know? I didn't know. Anybody know? Lift your hand. Anthropic principle. 
Here it is. This is where you explain the science admit our universe. It's a universe that seems to be designed with human life in mind. It's the anthrop. I think anthropic has to do with men and women. It's just something about man and woman. The universe began with human life in mind. Now, the anthropic principle, uh, it's like this. Uh, if you're a rock star, I'm not a rock star. They have this long list of things they need when they show up, right? You ever heard this? You know, some of them had just weird, you know, I got to have, you know, Funyuns at every table, so weird things like that. They have this long list of things they need in order to come, and they, they show up into their hotel room, and all these special things are there for them. The room has been set up just for them. You know, the slippers, the, the, the drinks, the food, the snacks, the, all the things are set up just for them. That's the anthropic principle when it comes to the earth and to the universe it seems to have been created with humanity in mind not for just the animals but for humanity and so uh and again the 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 scientists say well again it's just that infinite number of universes that comes into play uh and so uh you know, we just happen to hit uh, the lotto when it comes to everything lining up in our behalf. And so uh, we need to understand, hey, when you look at the earth, it was created with us in mind. The universe was begun by God. It began with human life in mind. And simply, number three, he did it through his word. God, what does it say? In, in Genesis, somebody tell me, how did God create the earth? Pardon me? He spoke it. He said, everybody say, he said. Let there be light. He spoke it into existence. In the beginning, God created the heaven. He spoke it. Interesting little insight. Uh, the scripture says, uh, in first, um, in John chapter one, in the beginning was the what? Word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now that word, word, is logos. Everybody say logos. Now uh, there's m- most people translate that or, or interpret that word as the the word of God, the spoken word of God. Uh, the written word of God, but it can also mean uh, really uh, the the mindset. In the beginning was the the logic of God, or the thought of God. Now, so put that in context with the creation. In the beginning was the word. Now, what does the skeptic say? It just happened. It happened out of nothing. The the creationist or the theist says, no, something created. Something, not nothing, something was not created of nothing. In the beginning was the mind of God, the logic of God. It's like mind over matter. Mind was there, the mind of God came into play and God's word was spoken. Uh, And you know what? The power of God's word, that's why, hey, man, when you understand this is God's word. It changes everything about, it should change everything about your life. When you realize God spoke this word and, and this word of God is true, the Bible says, and righteous altogether, amen. 
When you realize that God took his word and spoke and the words were created. You know, the, you know what the world's trying to do? You know what secularists are trying to do? Undermine the validity of God's word. Once you realize, man, when you get to chapter 8, and I don't know who's teaching chapter 8, when you get to chapter 8 and you realize, wow, man, this word is true and righteous altogether. God spoke it through men. How many of you know God used men to speak the word of God? They wrote them down. But hey, they were all scripture is given by inspiration from God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man and also the woman might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That word, uh, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration. Everyone say, Theonoustos. Come on, everybody say, come on, Theonoustos. Two words put together. Everybody say it, Theonoustos. God's knows. <laughs> Those are kind of the two root. Theo, God, Neustos knows all scripture is given and breathed out of the nostrils of God. He used men, but the word of God. And so the society we live in has, has in fact, hmm, it's, it seemed like every time I turn on the news, trying to rewrite the moral law of God. And of course, the, the, the most uh, blatant, uh, manifestation of that is the homosexual agenda. Trying to rewrite the moral law of God. In fact, I just read an article. Uh, I don't know this pastor, but it's a mega church in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm talking a big, huge church. They, they just uh, are beginning right now to, to put their blessing on homosexual marriage and are allowing homosexuals into their church family not just to be a part, but to be leaders in the church, a total embrace of that lifestyle and a total uh, moving away from what the Bible said. And so the Word of God has the power to change our lives. Just like the Word of God came and created light into the middle of darkness, God spoke it. That same Word has the power, not just the written Word, but when God speaks into our heart, it brings great light into our lives. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the Word, what does John, I think John 1.12 says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the Word of God, came and, he, and His life speaks to us. And the fact that He rose from the dead, the truth of God, and I think, I think uh, uh, God's not dead is going to deal with the resurrection as we get on into it. But the power of God's Word is still alive today in our hearts and lives and still changing people's lives to this day. And that's how it all began. He spoke it, and so it was. There was a Creator God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. Now, I want to read to you. I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to read two verses, then I'm going to read the summary. Let's do it this way. I want you to look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And then we're going to look at verse 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. We'll read verse 3. But, if, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Now, that's where I believe Stephen Hawking is and, and others. They're just, they create, 
They create things out of, <laughs> they create belief out of nothing. There's no evidence for multitude or uh, infinitesimal uh, universes and all these things that they say. They just make them up. I believe their minds are blinded. Their, their minds, uh, uh, the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. Now, here's where you and I need to come into play and realize as those who carry the truth, those who carry the light, there is an enemy in our world that is trying to undermine culture and undermine our young people and pull down the truth of God's word. And, and, and it's a spiritual battle. Amen. He says, their minds have blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You see, the word of God and the reality of God, the light of God shines in their heart. Look at verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. There's creation. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see, what we need to understand is even today the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword in our life. And we battle a, a stronghold of darkness that the light of God and the Word of God come and shine light into the dark places of our life and produce His glory and presence in our, in our earth. And that's the responsibility we have as Christians. We can't let the darkness get darker. We've got to cause the light of God to shine bright through our lives, through our, through our testimony, through our, our belief system, and let God's Word be made manifest in, in a way where others can see Jesus in us. Amen? Let me read to you, I'm going to read to you the summary of this chapter and just kind of let uh, uh, Rice kind of seal it for us tonight. He gives a, gives a little summary, and here it is. The fact that the universe began is a recent realization in the disciplines of astrophysics and cosmology. In one moment, all space and time itself came into being. This notion of a beginning of everything was resisted due to the fact that it pointed people to a, toward a creator. What's more, the incre incredible fine-tuning of the fundamental laws of physics is evidence as well of a personal super-intellect responsible for a universe that is life-permitting. The naturalist asserts that the universe came into being from nothing, by nothing, for nothing. Now listen to this. I'm going to start over. The naturalist asserts that the universe came into being from nothing, by nothing, for nothing. The theist believes the universe came from nothing by big-ass something for something. I'm going to read that again because this is the naturalist or the atheist asserts that the universe came into being from nothing, by nothing, for nothing. The theist believes the universe came from nothing, by something, for something. Clearly, the naturalistic theories of an infinite number of potential impersonal and mindless universes or an eternal set of equally impersonal mindless laws of physics are not as reasonable as an eternal, uncreated, personal creator. Therefore, when someone asks for evidence or the existence of God, you stand on solid ground by referencing the fact that the universe itself demonstrates the reality of our God. Now get that. The universe itself demonstrates the reality of our God. And if you got one bullet in your gun, 
use the fine-tuning of the universe. If one little thing is out of tune, life as we know it ceases to exist. And there are huge things of numbers and, 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 and all the physics of, of life that have to be perfectly tuned together in order for life to exist. Uh, hey, God did it. Amen. Everybody say, God's not dead. He's not even sick. <laughs> amen. He's not. Amen. Everybody love the Lord. Say amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the creation of the world. We thank you that you did it for us, Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And Lord, we rest our, our faith in that. And Lord, not just because of what the Bible says, but what the heavens declare. Lord, we thank you that the heavens declare the glory of God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that your word is true and righteous altogether. And Lord, we thank you for the benefit of knowing you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.